Chocolate. The Tardigrade. I'm Jasmine. Swear on Satan, I'll do that. Yeah. That's my headcanon. Okay. Into it, into it, into it, into it. All of it. I'm Mel's. I love it. Dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and if you're watching TV. I love it. Make sure it's damn fine TV. This is amazing. That's, that was awesome. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Episode four, Dear Billy. Can I tell you, this was so fucking emotional for me. Yeah, big time. This is a really epic, intense episode. And I'm here to tell everybody, R.I.L. right now, last night I went to a concert. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't schmacking or whatever. I wasn't schmammered, <laughs> but I'd had a couple of beers. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, not enough for me to, you know, like I said, I wasn't getting wild and crazy. You're not I like was Lucas to... at Benny's Burgers? No, no. But I was in this, uh, sometimes this happens to me when I drink, I get super emotional like the next day. So for me to have watched this episode first thing this morning when I woke up, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this is really hard. And I think it was probably exponentially harder just because I just had some drinks the night before. But... I lost try, it in this episode. Try watching it while you're PMSing, because that's how I saw it for the first time. So it was I don't, very I can't fucking imagine. emotional. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be emotional regardless. And obviously, I, I, like, I think overall we're talking about what happens with Max, but even the escape with Hopper, like, oh. that goes from being like, you know, adrenaline pumping, like high octane, like action to really fucking devastating. There's well, there's so that. much. There's everything with Max. And there's also, for me, I was so fucking like deeply affected by Victor Creel as well. And I guess since we're getting into this and you you out there have watched it, Freddy Krueger! Okay, yay! I mean, when you first said Freddy in episode one, I, like, I had to stop myself from just, like, blurting it out. And then when you texted me and you, like, you were on episode two, you said something about, so it is in your dreams. And I was like, just you wait. And I was like, I can't remember if it's even episode four or episode five that, is it Robert England? Robert England, Because I remember when I saw the name come up in the credits the first time, I was like, wait a second. Wait, is that is that Freddy Krueger? And I had to like look it up because yes. I'm not as well versed as you in that. But so then when you said that, yeah, in episode one, I was just so excited for you to get to that point. When I tell you when he fucking turned around, yeah. I had to pause and I lost my First shit of all, I love that you can recognize him regardless of like what he's done to his eyes and everything. But OK. And like I told you before, I stand nightmare. I stand everything Robert England. Like I follow yeah. him on a lot of things because he's he's amazing to the fans. I I, I want y'all to know this. Like if you oh, see so cool. a horror con that he's going to be at, you need to fucking go if you like him like I do because he is amazing with fans. That's so um, cool. And he appreciates what Nightmare has done for him and all of that good stuff. Right. So I screamed. I knew him right off the bat. I kind of, I'm not going to lie, I kind of with some of, before he turned around with some of the talking, I was like, I know know this person. (laughs) Uh, But because I was thinking to myself, I was like, that can't be Freddy Krueger. 
Because I'm thinking to myself, how did Stranger Things get Robert England? I know. So huge, right? And when he turned around, I was like, holy shit. Fucking loved it. Okay, so anyway, there's my fangirl. I won't fangirl anymore about it, but oh, it was amazing. I'm so glad it happened in episode four because I was just really stoked for you to get to that point. I knew that that would be a big thing for you. So, yeah. I mean, let's yes. let's talk about Victor Creel and Robin. Yeah, and Nancy. that would be great. Um, I I loved all of this so so much, and I think a lot of it stands on the shoulders of Robin and mm-hmm. um, just how she took charge. What was kind of heartbreaking was like everything that she was saying, you know, the whole like um, nobody takes women, women seriously in this field yeah. and we have to try extra, you know, we have to go that extra mile to get what this little crying fucker would get because he's a man. It's so relevant still and so resonant that I was like, fuck, that sucks. But I loved hearing her say all of that. And I, you know, I will tell you what I loved most. And this is what I meant when I said I wanted to like really go further into Robin, like in this episode is because Nancy has just kind of been trying to set her up as you don't speak. And, but, and I know she's basing it off of like just the characteristics that she's seen from Robin so far. Right. And I'm like, you're severely underestimating. Yes. You didn't see her find Reefer Rick in mm-hmm. the computer system, okay? Don't don't count her out. Yeah. And so when she took over from Nancy and she told that story, even though I'm fairly certain it was all bullshit, I have bought into all of it. And, and I was like, because she really yeah like she tapped into things that are still super relevant today but then also like what women were trying to do through the 80s which yeah the 80s was the boom but so the 70s set up for women's equality and the 80s was the boom for women getting into professional careers Mm -hmm. but still having that stigma of you're a woman Right. Sure. Like we're not going to pay you enough. We're not going to take you. As and again, serious. it's still happening. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah but but all, I mean, uh, yeah. they really finally started working well together. I think they exactly. still have a long way to go before they're going to be BFF or anything. But I mean, sure. They made it down there. They got their, you know, 15 minutes alone with Victor Creel. And it is once again Robin that I mean comes through in the end as well like she's the one that puts all of these pieces together and figures out that it's going to be music that helps these people kind of come back to reality like a a, a a touchstone or something of reality to help them come back so I mean Robin's definitely and an can MVP I tell you oh absolutely and can I tell you how much I fucking love this okay I'm a big music lover I love that it, it it has been proven, especially with um as you know the psychiatrist, the head psychiatrist there was saying like for the ones whose mind aren't completely broken, which I did not like that verbiage, but that's what that's was going 80s, on during this yeah. time. Um, that the listening in the music room would be a favorite because it can help tap into yeah you know this part of your brain that sort of like unlocks this um, saving or like, you know, music makes you feel a certain way. Certain songs make you feel a certain way. And it would be so fitting, in my opinion, that a grief eater 
who's honed in on that part of your brain that really, if you're going through serious trauma and grief, would be the easiest target to make for someone, but that there is something in that person's life, and I'm glad that it's music related, that could pull them away from the grief eater because it is more powerful than what he's trying to take away from them. I just, yeah, chef's kiss to this show for making that it's, be so relevant to to defeating Vecna, yeah. right? It's really, really smart. And it's, like I had just said, maybe in the last episode, though, um, the that they do have something bigger to say about memory, trauma, grief, moving through these kinds of things. Because I know that music can really help people. I know that, like, same kind of thing, little bit different, but that television can help people. You know, like Set, yeah. art in general is Books, something, yeah, any of like it, like something yeah. that can help pull you through. And it's like, yeah, they're giving it the supernatural twist, but it's very much rooted in reality. So, but I'm uh, on the just on the Victor Creel his story. Yeah. So what? Obviously, we find out. Because we can tell in the Upside Down that Vecna's Vecna's headquarters or whatever is on the not Upside Down, this house, Mm -hmm. which I am going towards they need to blow this house up or like they need to get into this house to get into what it is about Vecna in this house, right? I, it was so heartbreaking breaking because he was obviously not actually spared for punishment as they figure out it was because the radio was on that song and that's what brought him back but the the fact that he just watched first he watched his wife virginia it happened to her but then vecna was able to pull him back into his traumatic experience Mm -hmm. um but but that Victor's traumatic experience is what Vecna was honing in on. And it was, I think, obviously cascaded down to the f- whole family dynamic that was there, which I I guess I I don't I, I know we've talked about the family dynamic for Chrissy. So I'm like, well, what does that mean? Sure. But then you also look at okay, like Patrick, when he he picked Patrick. Because it was a family related, because the thing Seems that he, like it was, Patrick yeah. was saying was like, "You're not good enough. Yes. You're not good enough for this family." Now with Fred, I haven't fleshed that out completely because it was a car accident. Right. I don't, I don't know if it was his father. Like I don't know we if know it was a part so of his little family. about it. Yeah. But when you look at why he's targeting Max, it's all about Billy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But but then with Victor talking to them and 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 then he wanted to I mean, he wanted to complete suicide because he wanted to be with them. And and the way he crumpled up and was singing the um, yeah, the Ella Fitzgerald. So I was like, this is masterclass acting and storytelling right here, though, because he's not he's 70 years old now. So if you were to tell him, oh, my God, you were saved because that angel was actually music. I don't. At this point, I don't think you're going to be able to tap into him with that. I don't He's know. He's going to always feel yeah, like it's punishment. Yeah. But man, um, whew, yeah, that was a wonderful 
like realization on Robin's part as they moved through the music room. And she was like, wait a minute. Big time. He just told us that this taps into happy or or like whatever that part of your brain is. Well, and it's great because, you know, we get to hear running up that hill again. So I I was about to say, and I thought of you the whole time. Like big time. Yeah, I thought of you the whole time. Uh, But Uh, like it does bring up more questions, the connection with the Creel family. Like, obviously, there's something here about this being, like, an origin story. I think you're onto something with, like, what's going on with the house, what's inside the house that they can potentially, you know, tap into and figure out some way of defeating him or or some more of the backstory or something. But I like the conversation that they had earlier in Mike's basement of, like, okay, so if Vecna is coming from the other side— how what what was the portal that was open in the 50s and why did he attack one family and then be like cool i'm good got enough garmambosia let me head back to the upside down and then ha- like why is he coming through now if the gate has also supposedly been closed by Joyce and by L like i mean multiple times when I mean, we know that these upside down creatures tend to just like find their way back like a bad virus as we heard it you know sure. being described as but i like that they're asking these questions and setting up like all of these little mysteries and it's not they're not just like spoon feeding us some origin story for this guy without you know being like there's more to this for sure so well it makes me wonder like at some point in time like I I hope we get more about the house because at some point in time it makes me wonder if these families were in this house or these I know we've like, gotten what's some the flashes. Yeah. Right. We've gotten some flashes to what I'm going to assume was Chrissy's home when she was in Eddie's trailer. Um, yeah. But it didn't, and we saw the stairs, but it didn't look like the house, obviously, that Victor Creel and what I'm I'm associated. I, I think it's, I don't even think it's association. I think it was laid right out for us because that literally looks like his upside down house. So it's like, I believe it's right oh, underneath yes. it, right? Yes. Um, I mean, the so door that's like floating around is the door that's on the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'd be curious to know if at some point somebody went back into that house. Because let's put it this way. Homes where mass murders have happened don't sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um. So I'm wondering if no one occupied it for a very long time and somehow someone occupied it that maybe we don't know was a victim yet or maybe mm. it'll come about right. and that's how he came back into infiltrating um Hawkins right. in the way that he has yeah. so yeah either way i mean there's just so much more for us to learn and there's a lot about this episode that feels like in another season it would come later i think You know what I mean? Like, it feels Mm -hmm. so, like, there's the Hopper stuff, the Max stuff. I mean, I guess anything goes in a final season, and they're, like, you know, just ramping things up even earlier on. I assume because we're just going to get something even more epic and intense later. But, yeah, it feels like we got thrown a lot in episode four. I'm hesitant to get to the Max stuff. I feel like we should save that for last. So Let's do that last, please. Yeah. So let's let's, let's let's hop over to, uh, oh, well. What do you want to hop I to? I was going to say, let's just go to, over to California where we were starting other episodes. Good. Um, okay, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah. 
damn. I mean, shit goes left real quick in California. And I guess before that, like, you know, we get some nice conversations between Mike and Will, right? Like, they're... That was great. That was really, really nice to see them coming back together and making amends in that way. And the tear in Will's eye when Mike is like, you know, we got to be, we got to be on a team, friends, best friends. So I have to put it in here that Tyler is convinced that Will has feelings for Mike. And I really, I, I, I don't think I would hate it, but I don't think I would love it either. I kind of want something else for Will. Like, I don't. <sighs> okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think that Tyler is not wrong. And I, I'm, I'm going, what I'm going off of <laughs> is a couple of things. What, were you going to leave yeah. me? She was going to leave me. I was going to tag in Tyler and he Tyler. can come be here. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I, I, I'm with you though that I kind of I I don't necessarily want that. Like I want it to be friendship based, yes. which is what I feel like this whole series is about. Yes. right. Yes, for sure. But there are a a few little clues here mm-hmm. about Mr. Will. Uh. Back in part one, when old gal was trying to fill his leg up and he was like, yes, no. yes. Um, then there's all of this tension or whatever that it, it that can be explained by losing your best friend, too. Sure. But there might be more to it um, because like when all the shit goes down and they do have to leave. Will took that painting to the airport and Will grabbed that painting on their way out. I thought the painting might be connected to something in the upside down, but it's really making me. But I don't know the end game for this because it's not like Robin's situation where she is a lesbian, right? Mm -hmm. And she's living this whole like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to filter out if girls are interested in me or not. And that's a very scary thing. I get that 100%. That feels weird for that to be the story that Will would be like, well, I'm just going to be cool with telling Mike that I have feelings for him, even though he's clearly dating Elle and will probably not reciprocate that feeling. So I don't know why unless he just wants to come clean to him or whatever it may be, but like why that would be the choice exactly. yeah. for Will. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like there are little hints that are being kind of dropped around about, uh, because, uh, listen, correct me if I'm wrong, because you did do the rewatch very, uh, not too long ago. Wasn't there something that came around with Will and maybe Mike but where the, something was said to insinuate that sort Will of. doesn't like girls or sort something of. like that. The thing or is, like, we're like, all moving on to yeah, the, relationships and you're not. I don't know. It's the same conversation in which Mike was like, what did you think we were going to do? Play play board games for the rest of our lives? Like, we're growing up. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sorry you don't like. Like, he says something like, I'm sorry you're not interested in dating. Or I'm sorry you don't like girls or something e, like that's that. That's what it is. But the thing for yeah. me has always been like. 
I'm obviously not going to have any fucking issue if Will turns out to be bi, gay, whatever he wants to be. I'm here for it. But like it that conversation to me has always played more like Will was in the upside down for a bunch of time and was emotionally sort of stunted and he's not ready to move into that fate. Also, like we all develop at different ages, like not all of us want to be dating as soon as we hit 13, you know, so I think it's ambiguous enough. I I agree, but I feel like maybe for someone to reach, so like for Tyler to reach that conclusion, there have not been out a, of a nowhere. few little yeah. context clues that have dropped in. Where, and also, especially with Elle in the letter to Mike saying, maybe it's a girl, mm-hmm. you know, where I kind of was like, Will is acting does that have weird. To be yeah. Right. Yeah. But does that have to be like that? I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't know either. So, but I'm happy yeah. that you know they're back on the same page. They're gonna be better friends to one another, and couldn't come at a better time because they all need to stick together at this point. Because I guess the feds came after them, or like the people that don't believe that L is, you know, gonna use her good. powers for good or whatever. Right. The one guard is such a boss. Like I was so happy that they had him as protection. I shoot, no. you run. <laughs> I, he, I mean, he took total control. Yes. And it yes. killed, well, I mean, it broke my heart when he mm-hmm. didn't make it. I know. Um, because he was going to give that information to them, like everything about Nina and everything about, you know, yes. whatever. Um, I was very scared during that. I'm going to tell everybody I don't like guns. It happens like so sh- quickly, too. Like, out of and that nowhere. is what is scary. Yes. And I, I'm not going to, I'm trying to not get into like current climate in especially the States. I feel like it's worse here than other places. But this is, this right here should show everyone that how powerful military grade guns yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Look at the damage they did with those. Um, And they were busting into a civilian home and doing that. Yeah. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say anything else, but I feel like this was a great illustration of why a civilian doesn't need a weapon like that. Because look at the damage it did. 100%. I, I mean, I'm thankful that none of the boys got hurt in that. Yeah. You know, I mean, the both of the protection guys that were there did get shot, you know, and everything. But I just look at the damage that those and there were so fucking many of them i know for what purpose too right like what did they think they were taking on yeah but they got out of there so that's great and argyle has unfortunately found himself at the center of something he probably wishes he had never stumbled upon Past the Dutchy Pond and left one side. Yes, so good. He he was in a different fucking vibe when he arrived at the buyer's house. And I loved hearing him say, not cool. Party over here about telling buyers. Not cool, man. (laughs) I fucking love Argyle. And then the way they're like, drive. And he's like, okay. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) Swear. I, I I I love Argyle. Yeah, I, a, I, if they're ending back addition. up in Hawkins, yeah, I don't know what's happening, and I I don't know what's going to happen from here. But please take Argyle with you. Just oh have yeah, him along for the ride. please. Yeah. 
But well, should we head? What else happens in Hawkins? I think it's just the Mac stuff. So maybe let's not head to Hawkins. Let's head to Russia. Let's talk about Joyce. Let's go to well, Russia. Uh, Russia, Russia, and then Alaska. I think will be good to. To right. cover no, before we get into Mac. Alaska, Russia. Yeah, I keep honestly getting yeah, yeah. them confused. At one point, I was like, is Russia, I mean, is Hopper not even in Russia? Like, is he actually in Alaska? In Alaska? I don't know. It was a whole thing. Well, I mean, according to one of uh, the political people here in um, the States, she claims that she can see Russia from her home in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. from her backyard. Uh, yeah, I know. From her backyard. Yeah. yeah. So I love that they get out of the plane though and the first thing Murray says is Jesus this is spring (laughs) (laughs) I mean I would not like that rude awakening either like no thank you hell no this whole thing though this is I I love this twist because otherwise it was going to be too easy quote unquote so and there was that whole setup of like Yuri is a smuggler can we even trust him no we can't and when we first meet him, he's a loose fucking cannon. Like, this guy um, is wild. The the jokes or whatever the fuck he's doing, I was like, honestly, if I was Joyce and Murray, I would have been like, I'm, I think we're going to split. Like, and, I mean, honestly, Murray should have known not to drink this man's coffee. Murray of all people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He should have been very, very sus, as he was with just the note that showed up in the doll, right? Uh, so Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a little weird, but yeah, this guy, I mean, he saw an opportunity to make a lot of money, and he took it. Fucking hate it. I um, hate it. I can't blame him, but I hate it. I, I mean, yeah, we are dealing in, in the world of, okay, you might need to refresh me on this. Why do, is the KGB so interested in Joyce because she knows about the portal? I think so. There? Yeah. Um and they were in their whole we? underground setup and so they don't know true, what they've true. seen and yeah. And did we did we actually know why Russia is even involved in this? Because I feel like I was under the impression this was around the time of Chernobyl. So I was like, well, is it, does it have something to do with like nuclear powers and stuff? Like I remember distinctly thinking this at the end of season three. So hmm. did I miss I, something? I could be totally wrong. The way that I've read it is always that this is like the Stranger Things universe kind of of the Cold War of the competing interests uh, okay. just of America and Russia. That was such a thing in the 80s that that's just like what they're mining from, like that part of, you know, history and popular sure. culture. And they're just kind of spinning it in their own way. But, okay, so obviously Russia then is aware of the super top secret supernatural stuff because that portal yes. goes to Russia. So it's just... I, I don't know. I I need to obviously refresh myself on this because the whole time with Hopper, I'm not going to lie, I keep thinking to myself, what the fuck are you doing in Russia? So, yeah. So we didn't talk about this, I guess, in episode two or three. But how does... So the... So the... mm, So he did portal to to Russia. How does he get to Russia is my question. Is like... 
that's what I'm saying. Like, why is that Was that portal? just the part that we didn't see? Like, I, because I, the <sighs> underground facility was a Russian facility, so he could have right. still just been in Hawkins, which I kind of think he was still in Hawkins. And then the part that we didn't see was him being captured and sent to Russia. Okay. Okay. But, and yeah. Totally could be. I guess, And I guess that's where all my confusion is coming in to where I'm like, what? How? <laughs> I don't how, know. How does any but, of this work? Yeah. But then, but yeah, the so. Hopper stuff. Oh. I mean, I, this is what I mean. Like, it was like high octane, like action movie. I mean, this guy has no shoes. He is escaping through the roof and onto a snowmobile to get out of there. I mean, it was so, and like the fight inside of the tool shed, it was so intense. So intense. And I, I, I. I feel like I was, okay, I feel foolish because I really had a lot of hope that I was like, okay, this is for sure. And I should have maybe known better because even though Enzo was actually following what he was doing for Hopper, which I never thought I would say I became a fan of Enzo, like, and what, like, whatever he was the, the reason that he, one, yeah, right, and he wanted him to get out of there and get back to whatever it was. But I wanted to vomit when I realized what Yuri had done, and I was like, I, why? <laughs> I just, oh my god. Well, and I it hate, came right it. after. You know, we get this really lovely, quiet moment for Hopper. When with the peanut does, butter, yeah. When he does arrive at the like smugglers HQ, basically, but and he finds and the re- peanut and butter and realizes that Enzo was being so truthful yes, with yes. him. You know, like that's the whole point. As I was like, way to go, Enzo. Yeah. Okay, like you and, really orchestrated this. <sighs> yeah, and told him yeah. all of the exact details on how to get to where he needed to go, and and um, the, yeah, there was just. There was a moment that felt so quiet compared to what we had just seen that it like really stood out to me of like, whoa, this is probably the first moment that Hopper has had to himself in a very, very long time and to himself, not just being inside of a fucking cell, right? Like an actual moment right. to himself. Like being away from that. Yes. And also yes. I can only, I mean, obviously imagine that it felt so good For sure. that he was like, okay, I'm, I'm making my way back. And it broke me in a million pieces mm-hmm. when I like I hated that they turned on Enzo too. I knew that that was gonna happen, so I hated that whole thing. But I, I absolutely hated with the Hopper, and it really scares me about what's gonna happen to the two of them because I'm like, <sighs> you. This isn't just like you maybe didn't do the railroad tracks that well. So we might have to rough you up a little bit. I mean, this is a full on escape and a plot and that shit is not tolerated. Like end of discussion. Nope. You know, I mean, he was already threatened when we first saw him being like basically sold into this prisoner ship or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's a real bummer, that's for sure. And look, I don't know if crunchy peanut butter was an option, but I wasn't impressed that he chose smooth. So he was already kind of, wow. he was on my shit list a little bit. I got to say that. Wow. I'm a smooth peanut butter Ooh, gal. Ooh, no. Mm-mm. 
crunchy. Okay, you, you hear you heard it here, folks. The f- this is only the second time we've not agreed about something. Well, I don't know so. if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if it's the second time. <laughs> Maybe the third. I think it's been our list is very small. <laughs> it is still very small, though. The longer that we do this, I think the more we find out. Okay, we sure we disagree on peanut butter. Big deal. Big deal. <laughs> I know, I know. I just find it hilarious that it's like all the things we agree sure. on and we're like, yeah. <gasps> not you're a peanut butter trader. What? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's Donna's, you know, Twin Peaks Donna's peanut oh, butter. that's true. Um, I don't know. Other stuff. It that's why matter. I said only two, because I feel like it's only Donna and peanut butter. I feel like there's a couple hilarious. more, but I just, they're they're not important, so... Hey, if you're enjoying the show, won't you please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform? Dangle, sprinkle, sprangle, dingle, bangle, flingle, flangle, <laughs> those stars. We like five, but we'll take whatever you want to give us. I mean, if you want to give us the tramp stamp of approval, oh, that would be fine. Please. Okay. Yes. So... Um, yeah, and you know what? You can come. Please hang out with us on socials. We absolutely love to talk to everyone, get theories, get, you know, suggestions for things to cover. I mean, we just love to interact on the socials with everyone. So um, the show can be found on Instagram at DamnFineTV. Um, I am at SuperficialMels. And I am at Damn Fine Witch. And you can also find both of us at patreon.com slash TV. These episodes that you're hearing are all available in video format uh, on our Bookhouse Babes tier over on Patreon. They're available all together. So if you're, I mean, maybe this is the last episode. I don't know. But if you're thirsting for more Stranger Things content, if you're thirsting for more Damn Fine TV that's where you're going to find it. We've got lots of exclusive videos, early access to episodes. Yeah. Uh, certain tiers get swag, which is amazing. True. We got live hangouts that we do on, on two tiers and up. And then one tier obviously gets all the video content. Yeah. So much fun. Hope to see you over there. But uh, enjoy the rest of the episode either way. Well, you know, back in Hawkins, there is just one other thing, and that's just Erica being the most amazing Erica she can be and, you know, not taking any of basketball jerks shit. And she is definitely going to get herself a Nintendo with Duck Hunt, and I'm here for it. When I tell you the way she fucking owned him, Mm -hmm. I was like, first of all, you don't put your fucking hand on that door, and you don't try to force your way. Mm -hmm. Like, that is disgusting. A, B, the way she was like, oh, okay, well, you're a step down from Max. Also, he's probably been your cheater boyfriend. And yeah. you tell him I've been coming for his ass for two days. So, and the way she yeah. the way she explained the APR and everything. Because she and knew that that man wouldn't know what she was talking about. He's not smart enough to absolutely. understand that. But that's absolutely. also so interesting that she says... I've been covering for him because he's been staying in teenage squalor for some reason. I don't understand why, uh-huh. but anyway. Yeah. And we're getting a timeline here because it's been two days. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So. Okay. So the Mac stuff, we have arrived. We have arrived at the Mac stuff. I guess we can. Something I want to share. Yeah. Something I want to share with everyone. Okay. The reason I said this is very close to my heart is 
because the cemetery that Billy is buried in, I want everyone to know my family plot is in that cemetery. So wild. Okay. And when um, Steve turns in to the cemetery, you can see my family's plot right there. Wow. And I saw, like, so I, I did have a, uh, I did lose my first son. So I saw his grave. Um, you, you're not going to see headstone. Right. You're not going to see yeah. names. I knew it because I know where well, it's yeah. at. And when we get to the part where Max and Lucas are having their chat before she goes up to Billy, it's not in frame, but literally like right behind Max is oh wow my family's plot yeah so it was uh and i have a little story like um a family member of mine works on the board of tourism for that city that it was filmed in and they do have to come and get the permits to film there and when they showed her the location they wanted to film these parts at she did step in and say well i have a, a baby family member that is buried right there. Yeah. So if you could just out of respect, because it is a baby, um, let's not, let's try not to get that in the frame. So I kind of knew this was coming. I didn't know the context around like what the scene was going right. to be about yeah. or anything. So I have to tell you all the, the, <laughs> the like skull emoji of it all as I was like, well, going to be buried right beside old Billy boy. Yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> your Billy's in your family plot now. <laughs> Billy's right across from my family plot. But which is um, just wild. I mean, you know. It's wild. Yeah. It really is. So, but I want to say right off the bat that her writing the letters, um, gosh, all of it. Just the fact that she's kinda, I feel like I I feel like they know without L, they don't have it fleshed out with how they're going to do anything. And that she has accepted that I might be dead by tomorrow. So I need to make these amends or I need to write these letters. I had a major breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. I had a major breakdown when the scene with her mother was not real. I hated that. That was tough. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and when I say throughout these episodes that I hated something, it's because I was just like, this fucking sucks for the people that Vecna is haunting and how he manipulates them. Yeah. Um, And Max is a fucking badass, okay? And I'm here to tell you, I know it was happened kind of simultaneously with the things with Victor Creel. So I kind of got... To the point where I was like, well, once Robin gets back on the communication system with Dustin, we are going to have a moment where they do obviously know that music is going to be uh, a part of this, right? But... But it didn't take away from anything at all. No, yeah, no, absolutely not. But her reading the letter to Billy, I almost for a split second thought that if she dealt with her trauma which is what I feel like she was doing, mm. that in some way Vecna wouldn't be able gotcha. to infiltrate her anymore. Yeah. Uh, which turned out to be totally false. Um, that makes and sense, I don't though. think I've even I, men- I could see that, yeah. yeah. And I don't think I've even mentioned how horrifying it is to watch these kids, like, rise up 
like you know oh, in I all of this i love the effect it's so i, I good. love yeah. it it is horrifying though because i mean we saw it with chrissy and fred like no, poor fred nobody actually saw it happen to yeah. him but just and they're just suspended in air like i like if i were dustin and steve and everybody too you know i'd be like shit okay like super she's levitating freaky. yeah it's super she's levitating freaky. Well, I want to go back to the letters for a minute because Max frames it as them being a failsafe, which is very strange language to me because how would these possibly be a failsafe? So I don't know if that was like an error in dialogue, if that's like showing that Max is like not understanding what she's saying or something. But like, how is it a failsafe? I think it's a failsafe to protect people like Eddie. Because if she wrote in these letters somewhere, even though it might be still unbelievable, this is where my my thought process was going, is that at some point she probably obviously, I think, in these letters expressed like everything that she's been feeling since Billy died. Right. Like I've been in a dark place. But then these things started happening to me. I fully believe that these things were happening to the other victims we've seen. And if this is what it is or whatever, like people that are around aren't really responding. Now, I say all that to say, is a, a local police department going to buy it? No. But perhaps the failsafe in that is that somewhere in these letters, she has made mention of the similarities between her and the other victims, like headaches, nosebleeds, whatever. So perhaps it be, could be some type of yeah. failsafe where... I just wonder Where, even if she... whose letter is that, though, because it seems like these letters are very personal and it's like things that she doesn't want. She doesn't want to die without having the chance to say these things to people. So maybe if we had I seen wonder... a letter that was like to the sheriff or like something like that. I don't that think was... she wrote one to that. No, I but think... I'm saying if we had seen something uh-huh. like that, maybe I would understand what the failsafe is, but... I'm wondering if that's going to play out in some different way that we're just not aware of yet. I don't know. True. I think the main letter we need to focus on is whatever's in Lucas's letter. Yeah. Because Lucas is the one that had that knows her so well and that has said to her something has changed with you. So it makes me wonder what's in Lucas's letter specifically. For sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I guess as a failsafe for her, like, maybe just more in general of if somebody writes a bunch of letters, you don't really, like, somebody doesn't know they're going to get murdered by Eddie and write a bunch of letters to people right before right. that. So, but then again, it's like, did she date them? Did like, where's the proof going to be? Like I, maybe in Max's young mind, it feels like a fail safe, but I just wanted to bring right. it up because I feel like maybe that's going to come back somehow in a way that just isn't flushed out yet. But it's interesting because Sadie Sink makes me care about the letter to Billy. Otherwise, I wouldn't give two shits because I really don't. I really don't feel anything for Billy. Billy has been the one thing that the show failed at for me. Like, I just never felt invested in any way, shape, or form. And yet watching her read that letter, I felt very much like this is for Max. And I'm so invested in Max that, like, I'm so proud of her for for doing this and for just, like, getting all of this out. I mean, this is the one person that 
you know, all the other people could read their letters. This was the one that she had to kind of say out loud. So, and it made for and a great set piece too. So, you sure, know. sure. And that's also why I'm wondering if, I, I think that's why in my mind, because her grief comes from everything with Billy. So I'm think like in my mind, that's why I was wondering if by her reading this and apologizing oh, for to sure. them yeah. was going to be actually another way yeah. to kind of not fully deal with the grief, but to like maybe tone it down a bit in her mind to where Vecna, she wouldn't be so yes, vulnerable for to sure. him. And it actually turned out to be the polar opposite because that was the perfect time. She was so vulnerable yes. in that moment yes. for for Vecna to get her. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was not sad to see Billy on my screen again. Well, I, I, <laughs> I was thinking of you too. It. And I knew that you would be happy about that. Yeah. I wonder I was if like, she had read this letter earlier. Like before she maybe had been targeted or even earlier on, like when she was just getting the headaches, like not that she would have known to do any of this stuff, but it's just that is a really interesting take. And I like that. And I wonder if that'll maybe come back around at some point to like, you know, the people that are starting to deal with their issues aren't going to be the ones that are targeted or something. But yeah, so it's interesting. Some of the things she put in the letter, though, that. Made me, you're going to hate me for this, but did make my hatred for Billy lessen slightly. I, okay, I know, I'm getting the look. <laughs> Again, get the video, you can see the look. Um, what? Let me explain what I mean by that. Is because Billy really did, he really did try to turn himself around in the, like in the final moments, right? Of like what was happening. Okay. Okay, I know. girl, Just but low bar. You're pretty Very much fucking low. dead and you're like, I'm gonna be better. <laughs> no, I know, but he did take the sacrifice. Yes. So nobody can so take that away from kids, him. That is true. Yeah. Right. That so these kids would like be safe. And she does put that in her letter to him. Mm-hmm. And I found mm-hmm. that really interesting that she says uh, basically outlines all the terribleness about him which is true but that it's the sandwich that we talk about right and then she but but she put the kind of good stuff in the middle there where she was like but no one's ever gonna know that you right. s- that you're yeah. the reason l's still here i'm still here yep um you so so I well, couldn't help and again, but, but like, be emotional in that. Yeah, and again, I think it's more from Max's perspective. Like, I still don't give... I still do not care about Billy, but I'm so here for Max's journey through that. And, yeah, you know, that's yeah. what she's feeling. So I can't take that away from her. That's what her truth is. And I love the fact that in the letter she says, but I know that's stupid because you hated me and I hated you. And I was like, great, thank you. At least we are, See? you know, saying that, right? Like, at least we're what not tell pretending the that they had, exactly, yeah. that they had this, like, beautiful relationship or something. So... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And let's face it. I mean, it's still her stepbrother. He still died in a super fucking horrifying way. And of course, you're going to have trauma from that. How could you not? Like, you'd have to be kind of inhuman not to. So. And I think uh, I think I got a better reading also on because I said in part one that I didn't quite understand the level of grief that she was having for him. Sure. I want to revisit 
my statement about that because now I feel like I understand it better with she's not only got grief, but I feel like it's a slight bit of guilt sure. wrapped up in that. Yes. Because it was to to save her who she ha- they did not have a even remotely um mm. great or cohesive okay relationship. So the only one that it doesn't make sense with right now is Chrissy. But what if there's some sort of survivor's guilt within all of this? Like because look at Fred, Fred Victor, Max. Uh-huh. Well, we don't now, know about Patrick, Patrick, but but, but, but we, we don't we know the Patrick see. and the Chrissy. You know, we don't know much further into their backstories. Yeah. But maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Maybe L also has some sort of survivor's guilt because of the opening sequence and yeah. So then, yeah, Max is in like basically, I don't know, um, Vecna's HQ. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm here to tell you. His mind space, like, because we see that he's kind of like cocooning these people, uh, which is kind of similar to how we once saw Will and Barb probably way back in season one, but theirs was more, theirs was more like a sticky spider web kind of thing. These are like vines or something, but the tentacle the vines tentacles, or yeah, the things that go into his, you know, uh, tramp stamp of power or whatever. <laughs> tramp stamp of power. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna, I'm adopting that into real life too. Um, I'm here to tell y'all that I love the upside down. Yeah. Okay, and I'm sure I'm not. This I'm, I'm sure I'm not the so only one. Cool. I know it's it is. Trauma filled and bad news for bears. sure. Yeah. But anytime we get to see the void or the upside down, yeah. I get so excited because I am so fascinated by this under this upside down, like this dark side to the world that we're that yeah. we're knowing. Yeah. And what is happening in the upside down or the void that is so similar. Um, I mean, because even in earlier seasons when Will would have, like when he was, when they knew that the Mind Flayer was coming, I mean, all of that stuff was in the Upside Down that we could see where all of this was going to happen. Or like when Joyce and Hopper go in and it's like everything is the same, but all like overrun with vines and gross web thingies. I mean, it always has looked so cool. This space feels different to me than any of the other ones so far. And it's that's got, why I really don't feel like it's the upside down. Uh, there and is I, something I, about it, right? But I really don't. And there's no it's, particles, it's just, there, you know? No like, particles. Yeah. But it's the point that Steve made with Dustin when oh I loved that too when he was like a little humility could go along yeah you know but um <laughs> I loved the point because it was like L okay I get that the upside down co- has probably cr- lasted as long as the the world has been created right, right right but why what is the connection of this vi- villain or monster for this season I don't fully believe that it is connected directly to what we know as the upside down. Yep. Because it's somehow filtered through this house and 
the more I see about it, the more I feel like it is a classic demonic possession type thing, but that L with all of their knowledge of the upside down, they're going to be able to, to channel that into how they defeat him in some way. But I mean, I think it just doesn't feel like classic upside down to me. I totally agree. And I think that they make a point to kind of lead us in that direction by Dustin asking Eddie, like, did you see any black particles floating around? Like you kind of, it would have looked, looked like dust or something, but there's still the flickering of the lights which is a very classic upside down coming through kind of thing. And I feel like it would be weird if all of a sudden we didn't have something to do with the upside down in this final season. So like maybe it is a tangential thing that is going to be connected somehow, but it's not exactly what we've seen before. Yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, but this space looks really cool. I was getting like video game vibes a little bit. Like it just had this weird effect to it that felt like it would fit in in a video game. But man, when the when first of all, I love that Lucas does know what her favorite song is. That was, I think, a really important moment to kind of solidify the bond that Max and Lucas do have. And when we start hearing Kate Bush filtering through this otherworldly space, and then we get this, like, this epic run from from Max. I mean, I can only imagine what that's like to film, because obviously she's not in this space. And I don't know if they're simulating things falling around her, if there's, like, sounds that she gets to act against, but that can't be easy to do scenes like that. And I was sweating and I really thought when it cut to black, the episode was going to end and we weren't going to know whether Max got out or not. But that was so fucking good. And I'm going to tell you, I loved, this was powerful. Not only that they were able to get to Robin who gave them the information about the music and also that it would let Lucas knew like all that was perfect and amazing. But I also loved that once she heard the music, all, and see, this is that part of the brain that I think we didn't see it with Victor, but that's the part of the brain that's unlocking what's going to counteract uh, counterbalance the grief because it was all of these special moments Ugh. with particularly Lucas was the main Ugh. thing but I mean the mall scenes with with L and the fun with L and the way she was teaching like with the skateboarding with you know Mike and all of that and I was like so these are the positive memories yeah. that that can unlock yeah. And that is how you escape. And it's just the way that Vecna was powerless, meaning he could have thrown a tentacle out there. So it's very interesting. And that's why I still continue with him being this grief eater, because in that moment, that wasn't in the forefront of her mind. So like when he was able to take her into that spot, because she was so vulnerable in the grief, reading that letter to Billy. This was the total opposite, and it was all happy, fun, great memories that that song brought to mind for her. And then it's exactly so he was so powerless against it. I mean, he just stood there and watched her run away. He was trying to get in her mind by saying, like, you're not going to make it, Max, or like whatever. But she had enough knowledge in her mind, at least, to know that I, I believe that I can make it past this. Like, I can see you know, my friends out there actively trying to bring me back. And that 
that's what fueled her to to keep going. And it was just fuck oh God, it was so good. It was so good. <sighs> and there good. can't be a dry eye in the house to that scene because hell no. Like, ugh. Oh my God. We I was just weeping. I was weeping. It's I mean, and Same. it's the song too. It's just the way that they've reused it in this episode mm-hmm. after we saw how it was just I don't know, like just connecting it back that way was really, really nice storytelling. And yeah, agreed. Mm, agreed. So good. And I do so love good. that we get to see the other side and we get to see, you know, the the line that the episode ends on is I'm still here. And there was something also so beautiful about that. Like, I feel like Max has. Like, I mean, she's obviously come through something again, like more fucking trauma from being in this space again. But she I think there's something like really powerful about her saying, like, I'm still here. You know, like, I think that's going to bolster her for the rest of the season. Like, I was very worried because during episode one, I just I remember looking over to Tyler and saying, like, we're losing somebody this year. Like, we definitely are. And I really thought it was going to be Max. Oh, and so you going back to the losing some what I wanted to bring up after like all of this, I'm very worried that L I think Elle's gonna successfully get her powers back, but I'm very worried that L is gonna have to be the sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whatever is linking to what happened in the Hawking's lab, which I know that's the title of of seven, right? Um, but whatever is going on there, uh, I I don't want it to be this way. But the hero edit for L to counterbalance all of these, all of these feelings we've gotten so far about her being a possible antagonist, like. I don't know. Like, I just feel like mm-hmm. it's going to have to come down mm-hmm. to Elle's entire mission, because they've also mentioned this so many times. It's like you were taught or these powers that you have, like you were always taught to defeat, you know, like all of these various things. Like, that's what Sam's telling her, right? Like everything. So I'm like, if this is the big bad that maybe is just like the ultimate, like, World 10 and Mario Brothers, you know what I mean? Like the big Koopa <laughs> at the end. Yeah. But is it going to take a sacrifice of L because she was spared last season through Billy's, you know, deciding to step in or whatever? But if that's not, if she's not going to let that happen, because what if she has survivor's guilt as well? Right. Yeah, I mean, I know it might. Well, and wouldn't it just be like so fucking tragically poetic that Hopper makes it back, but something happens to Elle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's I I feel like that's the way to end like for a show like this, because Elle escaped. Elle has had opportunities afforded to her that she would have never had. I mean, she made a group of friends. She had a boyfriend. She went to school. She Her grammar's getting better. Yeah. I mean, like, it just feels like the natural progression of a character that Elle's rooted in to begin with, like a lab experiment. Yeah. For her to be mm. what so ends sad. it all. 
I you hate know, it. There is, I hate there it. There is another but... way to look at this, though, that we that we maybe don't lose anybody in the like core core cast because the Duffer Brothers might be more interested in telling that story about friendship and in telling that story about how we move through things like grief and trauma. And maybe the ending is one that's like pretty happy overall because that's the that's the emotion that they're trying to sell us most of all right like yeah and i i would hope for that as well i mean i really would yeah, but yeah i don't know but you never know. know but but maybe their maybe their big thing was the hopper stuff in season 3 and i don't know yeah but alexi was also or, a sad death i i was very sad when we lost alexi last season so you know when I tell you that was the worst, actually, that was the worst for me. And then they pulled the shit with Hopper. And that's when I was like, I'm fucking tired of you. Right. You you took away. I fucking fell in love with him. Yeah. And then he dies like in the backseat of a car at a gas station or whatever. And then, you know, you kill off Hopper, supposedly. I w- then yeah. that's when I was like, I'm done with this yeah. show. Like, yeah. how could you give me so much heartache? And one, like, it is kind of cool that they made you care so much for Alexi. And (laughs) then we were, like, devastated to lose him. Yeah. I know. know. Yeah, we, I I don't know. We're, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not ready, though. I'm not ready for the show to be over. I'm really glad that we are, you know, extending our coverage more than we had originally anticipated because we were just going to do all seven at once if they were like normal fucking 40 minute episodes, but they weren't. And I'm glad yeah. that they're not. And so this is a long ass video for all of you bookhouse babes. Stay tuned for some announcements about Instagram lives because that's how we're going to continue our coverage for this season. And yeah, be right back. <gasps> or will we? Above you. Night breezes seem to whisper, I love you. Birds singing in the sycamore tree. Dream a little dream of.